Good morning, and welcome to episode 41 of the Sounds of Stonebridge podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Neil Schwartz, and I'm joined today by Jean Frankel. Jean, how are you this morning? Good morning. I'm great. I'm looking at uh, our rain- weather outside, and it's definitely rainy season, which is good for my plants, not so good for the golf course. I mean, it's good for the golf course, not good for the golfers. Yeah. Like, like figuring out whether we can get on or not. Yeah, I know. You know, the one thing, Gene, about working from home and, of course, being down here in Florida is that you look outside a lot of times, and it's beautiful, sunny. Maybe you walk into your kitchen to get a cup of coffee or something to eat. You see some of your friends or other members out there playing golf, and all of a sudden, it's like a seed gets planted in your head. You know, do I want to go out there and join them instead of playing golf? It does take an awful lot of discipline sometimes to not want to go out there. I've been been working from home for 25 years, and it does take discipline. This is a tough place to work from, and for years, when I lived in New Jersey, we had a house at the Jersey Shore, and we would move there for the summer. And I'll tell you what is discipline. Discipline is working when people are crossing the boulevard with their beach chairs, going to the beach. Like, Ooh, that is tough. You, you know, I mean, that's like, that's really tough. Yeah. So, What's tough for me also is a lot of times I'll get a text or an email from a friend who, uh, you know, from one of the other golf groups that I play in, whether it's on Saturday or Sunday, which are the days that I usually play. I'm like, hey, you want to come out and play 18 holes? Or we've got a, you know, uh, we're a threesome today. You want to join us? And I can't tell you how many times I've had to, you know, think for about five seconds and then, <laughs> and then just say no. But, I know. Well, but on well, rainy I'm days, on, I'm sorry. I'm just on a golf note. I'm, uh, I might as well announce this. I'm about to do something really good. I mean, now that I'm not traveling a lot, even though my schedule is not really, you know, as uh, consistent as it should be, I'm going to try to play LGA. I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to try to be consistent and right. try to get out there. You know, maybe not every week, but I'm going to try to do it. How's that? That's my resolution. That's a good one. I made actually that same resolution this year. I joined the regular uh, MGA. Mm-hmm. I played about three events this year. Oh. Um, and then, of course, the, you know, it got stopped. But what I will do is I will probably try to work my schedule so that I can play on Wednesday mornings. Nice. I don't see, you know, I think I'm in control of my schedule enough and I think that I can play. You know, the funny thing is the first time I went out to play MGA and and it wasn't this year, it might have been two or three years ago when I was actually working for another company. Mm-hmm. The the biggest problem that I had was guilt. Guilt? You know, guilt. Really? Yeah, guilt. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, paradise guilt. Us living in paradise and all your other coworkers, you know, like slaving over a a desk and us being able to get out in the middle of the day and golf, right? Yeah. The one thing I did have going for me though, is that my, the, the office of the main office was in outside of uh, Boulder, Colorado. Oh. So there's a two hour time difference. So I used to know that, you know, if I was going to hear from my boss, I wouldn't hear from him until, um, you know, a certain time. But oh, yeah. you know, what I did was eventually I just kind of sucked it up and said, look, I'm playing golf on Wednesday mornings and uh, I won't, you know, I won't be done till one. So just leave me alone till then. And he, you know, he kind of made a face when I first told him, but then he, you know, he kind of got it. So, well, you know, I I think uh, everybody's, you know, got, I mean, everybody working from home is trying to find work-life balance. And I mean, I think now more than ever, it's important to do that. I mean, important to take the time to do things. I mean, you know, my clients mostly are out West. And so I don't usually have calls before 11 a.m. Right. You know, so I can, I can get up, you know, do my, do my cardio and do my exercise and, 
you know, get ready for the day. And, you know, I could also get on the golf course and play nine if I wanted to. So uh, that's my resolution. I'm going to do that. Yeah, I have a lot of West Coast clients also, but it seems like I use my mornings to do a lot of my, um, you know, let's say desk type work. You know, a lot of times I'll have to, um, you know, dig into some data or I'll have to create a report or some sort of a presentation. Mm -hmm. So I use that time in the morning for that. And then in the afternoon or midday, I'm talking with clients and things like that. But, you know, it, it, it is, it, you know, working from home was, is not an easy transition to make. It's not. People think it is, but it's not. It really requires a lot of discipline. It does. And, you know, thinking about what the future of work is going to be is fascinating. Um, you know, I just, I, and I just read a report this morning on the web that talked about 50 professions that are in peril for the future. And you'd be surprised what professions are on there. Fortunately, neither yours or mine is. But are you ready for this? Go ahead. Lawyers, lawyers are on Wow. I mean, you know, a lot of things can be automated and, you know, whatever. Um, architects are on wow. there. Um, wow. You know, pe people don't need to be licensed architects to do some of the work that traditionally that architects did. Then you've got things like bookkeepers, travel agents, you know, et cetera. But it's, it's really going to be a changed workplace, I think, in the future. You know, like everything else, it seems that workplace go has these trends. For a while, we were, you know, people were in offices and then they were in cubicles. And then they went to, everybody went to kind of communal spaces where, you know, it was a big table or it was a very open type of floor plan. Um, they had like, sometimes if you needed a desk, they had the hot desk where you yep. just picked up any, you know, you walked in any desk you wanted or you saw you grabbed. I, I don't know um, if you, uh, Gene, have ever been in any of the WeWork facilities. Have you gone into any of the WeWorks? I have not. I have not. What are they like? Well, I, I would go to New York a lot, and a number of the companies that I work with worked out of the WeWork, and uh, I found it a wonderful environment. Of course, uh, now it doesn't seem like it's going to be such a wonderful environment, but <laughs> I did find it great because I found there was a lot of energy. Uh, I found that the air of collaboration was, was there. Um, I remember once even I was there for a meeting with uh, a client, and I was just sitting down you know, in their kind of communal workspace waiting area yep. and I actually started a conversation with somebody who uh, potentially could have become a client didn't but nice. so it, it I, I really liked it but I, I, I've read now that the WeWorks are going to be uh, very uh, very much cut back number one is because the company um, you know financially uh, made a few missteps like lying um, yeah. yes yeah, and good. so but the other thing is that, you know, people aren't going to be, it's not going to be as much face-to-face -face contact. It's not going to be as much, you know, until, of course, this coronavirus situation um, is handled a little bit better. Uh, there's a vaccine or, you know, the one thing that worries me is that, yeah, we've got the coronavirus now, but what do we have, you know, what's coming down the pike two years from now or a year from now? And, yeah. you know, we're back into this kind of situation. So hopefully yeah. we're not, but. Well, I mean, let, let's hope that the, our government or future governments, that's all I'll say about that, will help prepare for, for these things, uh, you know, and have, uh, you know, game plans for, you know, how to protect the population. I mean, the thing that I reflect back on when I think about, you know, February and March of this year is that, like, nobody saw this coming or nobody warned us or whatever. I mean, it was literally like a tsunami that just showed up from nowhere. I mean, so it just, it was, it was really fascinating. That's all I can say. You know, I don't want to get into too much, you know, from a political standpoint, but apparently 
the intelligence committee, the intelligence community did know a lot more about this um, and did report to um, the executive branch. Uh, and the executive branch essentially chose to ignore it yep. or to downplay it. Yep. And uh, again, I think, you know, the one thing that I, I think the one lesson to be learned is that, you know, leave the experts to expert stuff. You know, if it's medical, use, you know, lead, use the scientists, use the, the medical experts. If there's a pandemic, you know, it's all about the epidemiologist. It's all about the, you know, the public health experts, you know, don't try to second guess everybody and think, you know, more because you don't. So I, I, I agree. And you and I could go on and on about that, but I, I think that's really true. But I think that one really positive thing is that people are resilient and yes. know, people are finding a way through this and people are defining, you know, what, what normal will be in the future. I'm, I'm just going to say it that way, not abnormal, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever. But speaking of normal in the future, I am so excited. I want to hear all about your trip to the Apple store yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday I had to make a trip up to Wellington uh, in order to go to the Apple store. I bought a new computer a couple of weeks ago and I was having some issues with it and um, you know, the options were to wait for them to, you know, exchange me a new one via, you know, via mail or, you yeah. know, mail order and all that. And I said, no, let me just, you know, the store seems like it's back open. So, you know, I went up there. Um, I didn't, I did the exchange, but I have to say they were so well organized, so well planned, you know, from the minute I got to within about 50, 40, 50 yards of the Apple store, I was intercepted. Um, by someone in, um, you know, one of the Apple blue shirts asking me, you know, was I going to the Apple store? Yes. What was I going for in exchange? Okay, great. So, you know, you walk into a queue, you know, they take your temperature, they ask you a series of questions. Um, you know, they have your name because obviously you're going to go to the Apple store. So they know who you are. Have an appointment. Yeah. Right. So, oh no, I didn't have an appointment. Um, exchanges you don't need appointments for. Okay. But what was neat was that they had what they call these two express areas mm -hmm. for certain for certain transactions. So I didn't even have to actually go in to the physical store, which, by the way, they're limiting the number of people in the store at any one time to like wow. to like 30 people. Remember how crowded they were before? I mean, you could barely yeah. move. Wow. The town center store, in my opinion, was just an absolute mess. Yeah. If you'd ever been there. I have. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to get, you know, if you thought you were going to be able to get service, even if you had an appointment on a timely basis, but let me just say as bad as my experience was with their online situation right now, that's as good as my experience was with going to the store. And I will tell you also that as a way to say thank you for kind of persevering, um, I got home and I found a $200 credit on the credit card that I used to buy a computer with so I wasn't expecting that um, I thought it was really nice wow. um, so you know all the bad things I said about Apple uh, a couple of days ago to <laughs> to some colleagues and friends yeah. I now have to eat it and take it back yeah Mark Mark Cohn also told me he went to um, Town Center Mall the other day for something and I don't remember but he was telling me that there was like a line outside of Lululemon. Now, I wow. did explain to Mark that part of that line was because they're only letting a few people in the store at a time. Yeah. 
yeah. and not, and so all that. So he's like, oh, you know, now I see that. So, but look, I think those retailers that are opening are taking great care and great um, pains to plan this out, try to be as, as customer friendly as possible, but allow us to be able to do some form of business with these uh, particular retailers. What did you, what did you see in the rest of the Wellington mall? Like what percentage do you think of the store, other stores were open? I think about not many more stores were open. I have to say, um, yeah, uh, maybe 30, 40% of the stores were open, but there was very few people obviously in the mall. Um, people seem to be more destination oriented, doing what they wanted to do and then getting out. Um, you know, for me, that was my plan was to get out into the wild, do my business. But of course, you know, being who I am, I ended up stopping at, you know, Whole Foods up there. Uh, I ended up stopping at Trader Joe's. Uh, so I ended up kind of making a whole little uh, trip out of it. So my trip into the wild, I thought was very successful. Um, I felt, you know, very safe. I felt cared for in that everybody was very conscientious. So I think that's important. And, that, and that's so good. And what I hear as, as a, you know, um, a theme there is um, people are following the rules. Yes. And if people are following the rules, that's a good thing. And so I do think that's important. I just want to make a comment about masks and following the rules. And, and I, I also want to make a good natured comment to our, our friends at Stonebridge about mm-hmm. masks. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been to dinner there, you know, a bunch of times now we're going every Tuesday and Friday night. Right. And you know, for the most part, people are putting their masks on before they go to the table and then they take their masks off. I do. I am seeing a lot of table hopping though. I'm really seeing table hopping and people are coming over to the table without their masks and they're even getting a little closer than we're really comfortable with. So I just want to encourage, you know, our friends and neighbors to follow the rules because that's what's enabling us to get out of our house. And um, I also want to say that on the Stonebridge member forum the other yesterday, I posted a really good video that my client uh, at the University of Michigan has created for their uh, staff, uh, faculty, and students who are coming back about the care and feeding of masks. Right. And I learned some things I didn't know about about you know how to how to put on and take off a mask, what kinds of masks are good, how to store a mask, how to clean a mask. So I encourage you to go to the um, Stonebridge member forum and look at that because I, I think that's really important because I think that masks are going to be here for a long time. And as long as we follow the rules and follow social distancing and do things in a safe way, we'll be able to have great experiences like you did yesterday. I mean, I will tell you, I've bought a, a number of different masks. Some of them are very uncomfortable and they're yeah, hot. I agree. I agree. I'm experimenting myself. Yep. I, I did no. buy uh, two. Actually, Jeannie bought two off of, uh, I think it was Amazon, mm-hmm. that we have found very comfortable. Uh, they're, they're cloth outer, but inside they have like a carbon filter. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's kind of like a double layer. But what I also like about it is the earpieces are adjustable so that you can kind of get a tighter fit. So I, I felt better, but I agree with you, Gene. I think, you know, if this is going to work and it seems like so far it's doing, it's going okay. You know, I think it all comes down to us and the people. And I think that people here at Stonebridge need to be, you know, compliant, you know, don't put your neighbor in a bad spot where they have to right. tell you to kind of go away or yeah. reject you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because, because I think, you know, one of the tough things is going to be in the, in the future relationships, maintaining relationships. And back to the work thing, a lot of what both you and I do in our professional careers is, is based on relationship building. 
right? And so that's going to be difficult over, over Zoom. But I also think that maintaining social relationships is going to be difficult when you have to say to someone, don't get too close to me. It, it, right? I mean, it's like, oh, but I really like you. You're a really friend, but don't get close to me. Because then there's, a, there's an element of trust. Do you not trust me? Do you think I would, you know, put you in harm's way? And, and, and you know, and again, the choices we have to make every day about how comfortable we are about various things. I think if we can keep some norms, I'm still thinking about what um, Len Hornstein's um, colleague Eric said from China. I mean, and again, not to get political, but he said, hey, you know, Everybody follows the rules and, you know, we gotten back to something we think is normal. And, yes. I, you know, I mean, I know that Americans, um, you know, want to express their opinion and have every right to do so, whether it's, whether it's, uh, you know, not doing a rule or protesting or whatever it may be. But I do think that um, we are all our, our own best friends and best enemies at this point in terms of trying to move back to a normal. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I think that we all need to pay you know, a lot of attention to each other, pay attention to the rules, the guidelines that are there for a reason. Yep. Gene, I want to flip topics a little bit. Of course, the other big thing in the news right now has been, you know, the situation following the, uh, you know, the death um, up in Minnesota and the police. Yeah. yeah and all that. I now, I know you work with a lot of the nation's largest universities and I know you work, you know, what are some of the things that you're hearing from these you know, the, these presidents and CEOs or whatever title they have as the head of the university yeah. about how they're planning to handle um, this situation, you know, within their, I'm sure, multi-ethnic, multi, you know, multi-everything sort of situation. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you know, you add the pandemic and the economic challenges that public universities have, uh, and you add this to it, um, and it's a really interesting, um, perfect storm. I mean, what's happening is that um, racial issues on college campuses are nothing new. Um, you know, they've been out there for a lot of years. Right. Um, even especially in college sports where you've got many student athletes who are African-American and, um, you know, in various cities and towns and college towns in the country, you've got mm -hmm. various attitudes toward that. But, but what happened this week is that every president, chancellor, um, you know, vice president, um, dean of colleges, all of them have been putting out statements that say that they condemn this and that it's it's terrible and that um, it, one of my university clients you know says we're going to examine our behavior and make sure that we are not doing anything you know we're, we're re-exam I mean diversity equity and inclusion has been a big deal in in higher education for a long time but now you know it's really out there and and again one of my clients out west you know was in a you know a relatively sort of quiet community there was a student that was, was um, putting some um, defamatory uh, ethnic uh, racial statements on Snapchat. And the, the student body president um, you know, tweeted the president and said, you have to expel this person, this is horrible. You know? And so it was just an immediate pop-up of, of a conflict just in the middle of you know, College Town, USA. So I think it is very much gonna be an issue. And I worry about, um, <laughs> I worry about the, the fall on college campuses. I think they're all doing everything they can to um, uh, you know, prepare and protect students, faculty and staff from COVID. A lot of them are doing their own testing and they're gonna do a whole variety of things. No, uh, you know, no lecture classes larger than 50, they're gonna do them online, et cetera. But when you layer on you know, this, this, uh, this set of issues around race, um, race and class, because there's a whole set of issues about 
white privilege. Yes. You know, that, that were a real set of issues, you know, when this came up about a year or two ago, and I expect those to come up as well. So I think that the, the history uh, and the lesson for all of us is that we all need to reexamine our assumptions and our behavior. You know, the funny thing you talked about white privilege, and I actually used that expression with somebody mm-hmm. in conversation the other day. And, you know, they were trying to tell me how they, you know, understand and all that. I says, how do you understand? You grew up amongst what, you know, you were white and privileged. I mean, you went, you know, your family never had to, you know, worry about money. You never had to worry about putting food on your table. And more important, you never had to worry about driving through a neighborhood and having to worry about being stopped by the police for literally just being who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, and that, that changes you, that, that changes the way you look at things. And, you know, we've got to understand the root cause of this, but, you know, well, look, no, I don't think anyone's out there saying, Hey, the looting, you know, looting uh, is great or, or violence is great. I, I, nobody's out there doing that. Yeah. It's, it's really all about trying to get people to understand, I think the root cause of this. I, I will tell you, Gene, I know you're in the university sector a great deal. I'm more in the of course, sports and athletic world, um, there was been some incredible emails sent out by a number of CEOs um, who are recognizing the problem and, you know, not just saying it, but they're talking about, you know, bringing in some new, uh, you know, new ideas, new strategies. I will tell you one of the strongest worded letters that I read came from the CEO of Peloton. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I may try to dig it out and uh, post it on the website. Um, this morning. Yeah. So, um, Gene, um, you know, uh, this is the uh, next to last show of the Sounds of Stonebridge. Uh, this is episode 41. Today, of course, um, is, um, I don't even know what, what's today's day? Oh, thank you. Thanks. June the 4th, 4th of June. Thursday, June 4th. <laughs> Tomorrow will be the last episode. Um, it will be Financial Fridays with uh, Ken Nemery. I think also one of my co-hosts, from my original podcast or the one that I've been doing called the sport lifestyle podcast, which you can get on Apple and Spotify and all other places. Um, we'll probably pop in also, but Gene, I want to take a minute to thank you for volunteering um, to do this. You have brought, um, you know, a wonderful sense of the world from, you know, obviously the female perspective, you have brought a wonderful sense of the world from, you know, just um, in your consulting world and the perspectives that you have brought from the universities. Um, also, you brought on um, a great guest, your friend, I forgot her name. Brynn, yeah. Brynn from Pennsylvania, who really talked a lot about how difficult this process is, especially during the early days for our healthcare workers. So, Gene, I, I want to say that, um, you know, I can, I've always considered you a friend and now I consider you a special friend. So um, thank you very much for your participation in the Sound of Stonebridge. Thank, thank um, you so again, much, Neil. Neil, may I take some time? Sure. Thank you, pal. Thanks. Thank you for what you've done. What you did for the community by starting this was so important. I mean, when you started this, Neil, we were all stuck in our houses. We had no idea what to do. We had no connection with the outside world. I want to go back at you for thanking you so much for doing this. Thank you. I, I've really enjoyed it, but, you know, I think, you know, the time has come to kind of, you know, to stop it. And, uh, yep. but so let's just, uh, you know, finish like I finish all the shows. Um, don't forget about Stonebridge to go. 
561-886-6708. John and his team are out there still putting out great meals for uh, carryout, drive-through, whatever you want to call it. Um, if you'd like to listen to this episode, of course, or back episodes, the Stonebridge Facebook Forum. And I will tell everyone, if you're not on the Stonebridge Facebook Forum, you should sign up. It, you know, yes. it doesn't cost anything. Yes. Um, it's been a great source of information and back and forth among our members. Uh, and, and it's not regulated by the club. So, you know, the messages don't have to go through the board. Nothing censored. Nope. Um, so it's really a good idea, you know, to, to be on the Stonebridge Facebook forum. Mm -hmm. Again, tomorrow is our last show. Episode 42 uh, will be Financial Fridays. So uh, Ken Nemery will be on. We're going to be talking about this wild stock market and how the hell is the stock market going up like it is and responding like it is. But uh, there's all this bad news out there. It just, you know, it, it defies... As I said to Ken yesterday in a text conversation, to me, the stock market is defying gravity. But at some point, at some point, though, you know, what goes up has to come down. So, yep. you know, be on the lookout. But, um, you know, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. But again, um, hey, I want to thank everyone for tuning in today to the episode of Stone, uh, Sounds of Stonebridge. Uh, again, I want to thank Gene. Um, tomorrow, um, you know, I've got a lot of people to thank. So uh, I want to be sure, uh, you know, tune in tomorrow for the last show. Um, I would really appreciate it. And I would consider it, uh, you know, an honor to uh, be able to kind of close out um, the sounds of Stonebridge and uh, reach as many of my neighbors as possible. Have a great day, Gene. Have a great day. You too. Bye.